One of our last sports to wrap up a year, it's a little bit of a, a contest between baseball and girls soccer to see who ends last. And I think this year it was officially girls soccer just by a few minutes, but our girls soccer championships are our final championship in a school year. And today we're going to recap those championships. Joining me today is Jennifer Bethman, our coordinator for digital media. Marty Marsh, our assistant executive director in charge of the sport of soccer, and Scott Lunty, our assistant communications guy. That's a way to put it. Yeah. So <laughs> welcome to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we had our girls soccer championships, and even though they're kind of the last to finish tied with baseball, they are the last to start. We have them on Friday, Saturday this year. It was June 2nd and 3rd at the Worldwide Technology Soccer Park in Fenton, Missouri, in the greater St. Louis area. And this year's championships, we have four classes. We run on two fields. And this year's championships, maybe the main storyline was heat. Marty. It certainly was. I'm just extremely proud of our teams, our coaches, the players themselves, our officials, and really battling heat. You know, it seemed unbelievably warm, but when you reflect upon it, I'm not sure. It was hot. There's no doubt about that. I don't know that it was so abnormally hot as it is we had not acclimatized to that weather because it had been such a mild spring. And so subsequently, it, I think it kind of caught everybody off guard and maybe a little bit ill-prepared for it. And so we dealt with it, but I, I'm just proud of the people and the way that they did address the heat. And I mentioned it as the main story, and we don't want an aspect like weather to be part of the, the main story, because the main story is the kids and the teams and the coaches, and we certainly are going to talk about that. But as Marty said, it was rather warm. And first weekend in June, you know, we all know when that first hot spell hits in our state, it had the same conditions been there in August, we might not have thought a thing about it, but because those conditions were <laughs> fairly new to this particular summer, it was a bit problematic. We had more medical issues really among spectators than we did among participants. But it was warm, and Marty and your team and all of the volunteers and the schools did a great job of, of managing that. So having said that, yes, it was hot. We drank a lot of water and Powerade and all kinds of stuff. Let's talk about the winners. We have four classes in girls' soccer. Scott, would you kind of go down the results of our girls' soccer championships? Sure can. Aside for the heat, which are some, one of the main stories, but it was also a historic girls' soccer championship. You had three teams win their first soccer state title, and then the repeat being Fort Zumwalt South of Class 3, they're the first team to repeat since Duchenne back in 2013 through 16 when they gone on a four-peat. We have not had any more three-peats in girls' soccer history aside for those two schools. But circle back at Class 1, Father Tolton defeated Villa Duchenne one to nothing in a tight game. That was a kind of a flip shot goal late in the second half. Some would probably say was might have been a little fluky or maybe a lucky bounce for Tolton, but they got their first state title on the girls' side. Clayton probably had the most adventurous path to their state title, beating Whitfield in penalty kicks the day before and then getting a, a golden goal in overtime to defeat St. Pius X of Kansas City 3-2. to Already talked about Fort Zumwalt South three-peating. They defeated Smithville 2-1, to and then in a Class 4, Liberty North gets their first state title 
and coincidentally or not, you talked about minutes apart how our championships ended. Well, Liberty North won two titles in a span of two minutes, one on the baseball side, and then soccer ended that with a 4-3 overtime victory against Nearings Hall and capped off a perfect 22-0 season. So that's your four state champions. That Liberty North-Nearings Hall game, the last game of the night, the Class 4 championship, it was an overtime victory for Liberty North. I think they hit the winning goal with 15 seconds left in the first overtime. Correct. Which doesn't generally happen. Right. <laughs> you know, you can say, well, they can score at any time in, in the period, and that is true. But oftentimes in soccer, when you get down into the final seconds, you're not in a position where a team is able to score. It's almost like everybody checks out at some point when you get within a a certain time period. And that's not what happened in this. It was the last 15 seconds. And the other thing, and I know you and Marty were doing some other errands while the championship was going, but Jennifer Bethany and I got to watch a good chunk of that game. Mm-hmm. And Liberty North was actually up two to nothing at one point in that game. And Nairings came back to tie it to force the overtime. And it kind of looked like at first that Liberty North was just going to run away with it. They mercyed Kickapoo the day before in class four semifinal. And you kind of had the sense of, oh, this is their year. And it turned out to be. But you got to give Nairings Hall a lot of credit. The fact that Nairings had the resiliency to come back and make that a game. And then it was just an even game throughout the second half and into overtime. And Liberty North was able to just get a goal that just bounced right over the Nairings Hall goalkeeper and into the back of the net and got their first state title. Out of all the championships we've had all year, regardless of sport, that game might have been in our top five in regards to championship games we had here at the association this year. You know, Scott, you're exactly right. And I just want to credit Nairings Hall for the class that they displayed. What a tough way to lose that Mm -hmm. game but really just a class act and their behaviors and their response to that adversity. But, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, Liberty North, 44-1 and one over the last two years. Pretty unbelievable record and, and got a lot of talent on that team. So what a great game. As you said, I can't imagine a better way for not only spring sports, but all of the sports season here at Misha to wrap up this past year than with a game like that. Yep. You also mentioned the Father Tolton game, how it kind of ended f- fluky. <laughs> I wouldn't say uh, fl- fluky you, is probably not yeah, the right yeah. word. but Well, I just want to say, as having been someone that, <clears throat> that didn't grow up with soccer in my life until I was in high school and I had friends that played and those kinds of things, and then being an athletic administrator and, and principal at a high school, I've learned that there are some sports that have more flukiness than others. And soccer is one of those sports. Things can happen in in soccer. Unlucky is a term that soccer players use a lot. Oh, just unlucky. Well, eh, it's kind of true. There are things that happen in soccer that you don't expect. So Villa Duchenne, the the runner-up, and and also give them credit uh, as well. Um, They made their first Final Four appearance uh, in... Not many people can say they finish a state runner-up with a record of 10-12-1 on the year, and that's exactly what Villa did. And uh, and that that's the, the goal we're talking about. It's one of those situations where it's just they threw Tolton threw a ball towards then, and nine times out of ten, goalie probably makes the save. It just takes a precarious hop or something like that or some sort of skip, and it ends up in the back of the net. That's really what... It came down to, other than that, it was a very even game between those two. 
I want to give one more shout out to Nearing Saul because there's another stat here that makes their response even more remarkable. I just verified this. This was Narinx Hall's fourth straight second place in girls soccer. That's tough. Mm. <laughs> it is. Especially when, as you talked about, Scott, you're down 2-0, you fight your way back, arguably might have had the advantage in the latter part of the game, feeling like perhaps it's going to happen. And then with 15 seconds to go in the overtime, you're second place again. And then, you know, as Marty alluded to and you too, Scott, they just handled that with a tremendous amount of class and grace. And that's tough. I want to shift focus a little bit. Jennifer, we were split because we had baseball and soccer going on. Mm -hmm. Our office was split for social media with all the heat. And again, two games going on at once for the most part during the whole championships how did we handle social media coverage with girls soccer so with girls soccer we split the fields and so one of us would cover one field the other covered the other we had a a third person that stayed behind at baseball so two of us left baseball to come to soccer and and one stayed behind to finish out the last two days of baseball you know we did the officials pictures highlight pictures throughout the game it's constant go but we got it done so we just divvied up the responsibilities as much best as we could. We touched on storylines, especially in class three and class four, class one. Any other storylines we want to make sure we touch on from the competition itself? Well, if you want to cover all the classes, Clayton in class two, Mm -hmm. we talked about their journey, but that was also their first state title, but also first appearance in the final four in regards to girls soccer as well. They had a tough path to get to where they were and they were state champs. Our attendance, a lot of people ask about our attendance. We didn't set any records this year with our girls' soccer championships, although we had some really well-attended games. Because we hosted in St. Louis and the highest concentration of soccer schools among our membership are in the St. Louis area. We have soccer schools all over our state, but there is a concentration in St. Louis, partially because there's so many member schools in St. Louis. And soccer is a really, it's part of the St. Louis fabric. It's not just high school soccer, but... Just to give our listeners an idea of kind of the impact of St. Louis being the host. So in 2014 through 2019, for girls soccer, we were on the other side of the state. We were hosting those championships at Blue Springs South High School and Blue Springs in the Blue Springs School District, and then moved over to Swope Park in 17, 18, and 19. And we had one high year in that group. We had a little over 5,000 folks at one of our championships. But for the most part, we were averaging 42, 4,500. That would be an average, a little bit more at Swope than at Blue Springs. But that's how our attendance numbers were during that time. There were no championships in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And then we've been in St. Louis for 21, 22, and 23. Our first year back out of the pandemic and in St. Louis, we go from averaging, you know, 42, 4,500 to almost 9,300 people Mm -hmm. in the first year with still with restrictions Mm -hmm. at Worldwide Technology Soccer Park. Last year, down from that, about 7,800. This year, we're just under 7,000, a little bit down from 22. But that's the difference. That's the impact of St. Louis. Again, we're going to have a greater showing of St. Louis schools than any other area of the state especially in the area of soccer. It's just interesting to note that you know our, our attendance was actually down quite a bit this year as compared to St. Louis. 
Anything else we want to talk about in terms of our girls' soccer championships this year? You know, I think the growth of the sport of soccer as a whole has been tremendous over the last few years. We're taking some steps to improve the sportsmanship displayed in soccer contests, and and that's really, I, I just can't thank the soccer community enough for their promotion of their sport, but also for their advocacy of education-based athletics and what that means in the realm of, of soccer. Just, uh, you know, you, you talked about how many teams this spring were first-time championship teams, and, and that kind of goes to illustrate that point, and, and certainly proud of, of those schools, but looking forward to this upcoming year as we have uh, another great boys and girls soccer season. All right. For everyone who's joined me today, I want to thank you for listening to this recap of our last 22-23 Spring Sport Championship Girls Soccer. This has been the Misha All Access Podcast. This is Dr. Jennifer Ruckstad, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access Podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access Podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.